Huh? What was happening? Because when you, because uh, uh, when I log off of this joint, it won't save. Oh. It won't save onto my device. I have to save it onto my computer and then load it up to my mm. device later. Hopefully that'll work. Uh, maybe, maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Maybe this is the last. Maybe it won't be on IG Live no more. We'll see what happens. How do I... Anyway, uh, what do you say, Jermaine? When we get in the intro music, when I get into the studio, come on, you going Are you gonna arrange me a classic arrangement of Wake and Bake with Bemo? I need intro. I need timpanis. I need strings. I need a viola. I need a kazoo. What else? What up? Well, I was looking at Fort Loco. Oh, what is Fort Loco? Oh, we got off the point. So, I don't know if y'all seen these drinks called the White Claw drinks. If y'all seen these White Claw drinks, they are, what's up, big dog? These White Claw drinks are, um, they are marketed towards, like, the, the same people who drink mineral water. Yeah. That's how they market it. They market it like people drink, what's that TV static in a can? Croy. LaCroix? LaCroix? TV, TV static in a goddamn can. <sighs> Got y'all niggas fooled. First off, that shit nasty. Okay? <laughs> First off, that shit nasty. Second of all, they got y'all by the drawers because it ain't nothing but good marketing. Yeah, it's a nice can. It's a nice can. And they market it to people who think that you that you not gaining weight because you're not drinking uh, uh, high-calorie liquor. But what you are drinking is, ha-ha, what I found out, what you are drinking is malt liquor. Apparently. What's up? <laughs> Used to have caffeine in them. Yeah. And they are malt liquor. Yeah. But the alcohol alcohol content varies by state. So some states it was eight and some states it was fourteen. <laughs> some niggas had to cross the board to get their strong. <laughs> get their strong ass uh four locos. Yeah, but they changed the formula in twenty ten, so now there's no caffeine. I remember because yeah. kids was dying. Yeah, yeah. Those are my classmates. <laughs> right. The motherfuckers dying off of some motherfucking four local shit that's like Kool-Aid. <laughs> They make some motherfucking for, for, uh, some 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 more look in there, Jesus Christ, Jesus. Um. Oh man, it's so good to see y'all this morning. I'm not gonna lie. I'm really look forward to today's show. Uh, so I'm thinking about okay, White Claw malt liquor, uh, marketing, hard seltzer, all that shit. Yeah. All that shit is the same shit that they demonize black folks for drinking before, but now that shit is trendy and cool. I wonder if white hips is going to start taking up black problems. You know what? Oh. What was you about to say? I was thinking about weed, but <laughs> black problems. We no gay slurs in my house? No. That's just, we just better. <laughs> we just better. That's because we just better than everybody. <laughs> that was me laughing at me. Just want to make sure the sound was still working. Oh man, um, Sam, again, thank you for uh, you text me and everything. I'm so bad at that. You, uh, we just better. Sam just said it. We just better. We just better people. We just more in line to people. What's up, B? Sophia, Sophia. You met Sophia. Mm-hmm. 
and that Fussle Coles party. Remember that show Fussle Coles was supposed to pay me at the to, yeah, was it? No, at the basement. Yeah. Yeah. What was that? I don't know. Oh Lord. What she got said? She was with us the whole time. No, like on the mm -hmm. at the end on the porch or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway. What up, B? What up, Sophia? Anyway, um, right now we were talking about the gay slur, the F word, uh, how, uh, see, there you go. <laughs> uh, we were saying how uh, we went to, this, went to this party, the F word was automatically censored, and that's because black folks are just better. Oh, the smoke on this camera looks great. Uh oh, it's a little laggy, though. What's up with that? We gotta bring our frame break down. We gotta bring it down because we out we here a little too fancy for Instagram. My bad, Instagram. I'm fucking y'all up. Smoke look detailed. Like a, look at that. That's crazy. That's a good shot. Anyway, um, Janelle. Good morning. Anyway, all right. Let's move on to the next thing. So my good friend Boom, who's a good friend of the show, often we recommend some movies that I can take some uh, some talking points from. And, um, um, did y'all watch the Vampires versus Brooklyn? Bronx, damn it. Yeah. Vampires versus the Bronx, not Vampire in Brooklyn, because Vampire in Brooklyn, another movie. horror movie, funny, different time. If you've seen Vampires in Brooklyn, let me get, oh my God, Vampires versus, sorry, Vampires versus the Bronx, throw some teeth up in the, in the chat so I can know, we all know what we're talking about, right? See, see, now you can see. Yeah. <laughs> um, Awaken me with be more, yeah. Anyway, maybe I should, maybe we should, when I do that, I should transition over to camera to scene two. Awaken me with be more, yeah. So, uh, Vampires vs. the Bronx. Great movie. Uh, okay, y'all ain't see it yet? Okay, I won't, I won't spoil it then. I won't spoil it. The movie... Uh, the long read line is that kids from the Bronx are uh, are going through gentrification. Uh, there is a new housing project that is trying to um, um, there's a new housing project. People are trying to buy the property in the Bronx because it's because it's because it's cheap. Yada yada yada. Um, and so these kids have discovered this plot that the people who are actually gentrifying the neighborhood are vampires. And so uh, it brings up a very interesting question. Let me ask you this. Great metaphor. Huh? Great metaphor. I, I think it's, me and you had a conversation after the movie. I think it's interesting that it's probably easier to fight vampires than it is to fight gentrification. Right. Because we know the weapons to fight vampires, garlic, wooden stakes, a hold of water, the cross. Right. Daylight. Boom. Right. What's the... Somebody tell me the five cures of gentrification real quick. Money is one, I guess. But even then, Can we out money exactly, white folks? Jesus then, Christ. <laughs> so. Anyway. Um, uh, it, brought up, it brought up a question. I'm not going to... Okay, we'll, give, we'll, we'll do the, the spoiler joint on Thursday. Okay, we'll do the spoiler joint on Thursday. But it brought up a question. And I've had this question before on the podcast before, but I don't know if y'all listen to the Over the Shoulder podcast. 
We did a whole series about the situation. Let me ask you this, though. As with racism, can black folks be gentrified? And I will... Go ahead. Okay, okay, wait. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Go on, you go ahead. Okay, I need to know the definition of the word gentrification because, like, in Lovecraft Country, you know when uh, Letty moved into the neighborhood? Yeah. Is that That's not gentrification, is it? Or is it? Because another black family moved in, too. You need to know. Look it up. Okay. Well, here's the thing. We're going to look up the... We're going to look up the... Uh, you feel me, Sav. You feel me, baby. You feel me. You see me out here. Uh, uh, um, mm. Where you make me be mo, yeah. Um, we talked about this on three episodes over the shoulder. Can black folks, like with racism, be gentrifiers? Okay, no. Based Hit on me. The definition. Hit me with the definition. The restoration and upgrading of deteriorated urban property by middle class or affluent people often resulting in displacement of lower income people. So I mean, I guess, I guess if we're displacing lower income people, then maybe, but. If we are displacing low income people. And then also restoring and upgrading of the deteriorated urban property by middle class or affluent people. Read the second half of it again, though. Often resulting in displacement of lower income people. I agree. I feel like what, what gentrification is to black folks is actually just progress. Like, if we de- if we improve the deteriorating infrastructure of Baltimore and displaced low-income people with middle-income black folks, that is is that not the goal? I mean, it's not the goal to displace people. Hmm. But. It is the goal to revitalize. Safia, oh, you read the comments. Safia says, if I own a building in the hood and make some luxury expensive car apartments, then, yeah. yeah. Well, only if the rent is on the floor, but black folks deserve luxury, too. There you go. There you go. You know, I say this about racism, too. Racism is about the juxtaposition of power. Yeah. Right? Systemically. And although black folks can't be racist, it should be a goal. Because <laughs> be a goal. it should be a goal because we should we should we should desire that type of power. Mm-hmm. We should have systemic power. Mm-hmm. Therefore, now again, like as we discussed with the F word at the beginning of the episode, we are morally superior. So it's not like we're gonna use that power to be racist. Right. But if we wanted to, goddammit, it should be a goal. Right? Mm-hmm. Shout out Lovecraft Country. We'll talk about it on Thursday. I don't want to spoil it to you. Um I say that to say, uh, okay, what is the crime of gentrification? We know it displaces low-income people. 
Okay, let's talk about that in the context of black culture, though. What does that mean when we displace low-income culture from urban areas? What does that mean? Because I feel like in the example of if I bought an apartment building, made it a luxury high-rise, but somehow didn't displace low-income culture, or at least the positive parts of it, am I still a gentrifier? No. Displacing people who are already there so someone else could move in. Right. See, when you put gentrification in the context of blackness, it sounds like a goal that we should have. But when we put it in context of whiteness, it sounds like, get the fuck away from us. Why? What's the? I think they need our building. Why is that? They started renovating, but they didn't push anybody out, as far as I know. So far. So far. Right. They raised that rent next year. Right. That's revitalization. That's what That's Sab what says. Saying. That's what revitalization is, right? And that is, I feel like that is the that is what we should be doing. We should be revitalizing and building these communities because the power in these communities is so strong, so strong. Well, I'm. Uh, I feel like everybody on this call is pretty connected to is pretty connected to a black community in some sort. Uh, specifically a low income black community. Although the financial capital of that space may be low, the cultural capital, the community capital of those spaces are so high. The engagement rate, how people raise their neighbors is so different. It's so beautiful. And if it wasn't so impoverished with some of the negative aspects of what poverty brings, drug use, hard drug use, excuse me, because we're doing drugs right now, crime, etc. If it didn't come with those things, if we were able to strip those things from our neighborhoods, put wealth into our communities and still build our communities, I think, shit. Oh, man. Y'all can hear the thing outside, can't you? Hold on, give me one second, y'all. Give me one second, y'all. And I want—I got something to say to Dr. Carr. I was—I was—I was, I was regretting this. I was holding back. I was holding back. What I was holding back. I was holding back. Huh? What happened? Oh. oh. I was holding back, man. I was holding back on Dr. Carr. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, I don't know if y'all saw the tweet. Maybe let's see. Let's see what our new production. Where my phone at? Mm-hmm. Center room. Let's see what our new production can do. Let me see if I can show y'all this tweet from Doctor Carl real fast. Let's see how far we can stretch it, sweetheart. That's crazy. What's up? You just walked away, and now you back. Yeah. Press the. You see under sources. You see that plus button right there. Sources on the bottom. There's a plus button right there. Let's see if we can get this thing lined up real fast. I want to show y'all this tweet from Dr. Carr. Uh, and I'm going to be honest with you. I uh, I was disappointed. I was disappointed because we were talking last week. We were talking 
I'm linking this conversation back to the conversation that we were just having about justification because I think this could be one of the bullet points on one of the agenda points in our new black party. And that thought of me thinking of our new black party thought about how Janelle sent me the sent me the story of Diddy saying that he started the new black party after he endorsed Biden, right? Uh, hit uh, image. Let me see if I can get this picture up real fast. Um, um, Me and my boys be sending each other. It's just great memes that happen between your friends. Don't you love that? Let's see if we can get it queued up real fast. So Diddy said that he was going to vote for Biden and start a new party. And then Dr. Carr who I respect so much as an intellectual giant, Dr. Carr tweets the following. And I told y'all on Thursday that, um, uh, press okay. No, it's cool. Um, and then hit browse. And it should be on the downloads. It should be like one of the newest ones. Um, Anyway, let me read the tweet because it's taking too long. Dr. Carr says in the tweet, he says, there was a time in black America when entertainers entertained and supported black organizations and formations uh, who engaged in liberation work. That time will come again. In the meantime, hashtag stay focused. What I was very disappointed in, go to downloads. I wasn't under the illusion. Like the- yeah, you usually don't be. Anyway, oh well. Uh, image 17. It's right there. Oh, no, it ain't. <laughs> Never mind. I was upset with Dr. Carr because I said on Friday, uh, I said on Friday that in order for the black party to actually happen, we would have to put, we would have to put aside our differences. Oh, no. Hit scene two when you get a chance to. That's actually good. I said that we would put we would put together our differences and have to be able to be uh, intellectually together in order for this black party to happen. And then the first thing I see from a black intellectual is the fact that now entertainers can't have a voice. That's what I read from the tweet just now. That's what I'm reading from the situation. Entertainers entertain. Is that not shut up and dribble? Yeah, I was just about to say. Tell me this, lady, now. Is there currently a black party? No. It, it's either no or I don't know. Right. And that's the fucking problem. Exactly. That's the fucking problem. I was so upset with this tweet right here. So upset with this tweet right here. Entertainers, entertainers. Entertainers, entertainers. You told that man to shut up and dribble. He wants to use his nearly billion dollar influence. Right. To create systemic change in America. And you object because he's an entertainer? You know people can be multifaceted, right? <laughs> you can move the picture now. Okay. What? Oh, that upset me so much. I thought that he would get it. That part too, and Diddy went to Howard. And Diddy went to Howard for that semester. Hey, Amen. You know, like my battery changes now? 
We're going to get our production smooth. <laughs> Where? Oh, oh, there it is. Um, Stab says something. I see a little different. It did have the same energy as Sharp and Drevel, though, so I won't debate it. What, I mean, how you see it, Sam? What you see? What you see? Correct me if I'm wrong. I like the balance. I put it back. Uh, this is what you do. Press the plus scene under the scenes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I think it's real that there are people who have worked to create a Black Pit Party. How do I do it? Are there... Do you got to go to scene three? But it's not. And you add the image again. Hawaii be So here we go. <laughs> Under sources. Lady the house over here got the production to work. I told her, man. I told her she wanted to be the producer. Now look at us out here, real, real live broadcasting. Let's go. How y'all doing? I don't know. I just thought that was really fucked up. I was really fucked up. And what I wanted to tweet back to Dr. Carr was, what if I'm an idiot? What if, because if there is, uh, and they could use someone like Diddy back in the front end of the work, um, but this is not the time. When is, is there, is there a black party though? If there's a black party, somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Because the, if there is a black party, we need to know. And if there is a black party, I feel like that was the time to tell me there was a black party. Because I don't know. And I feel like, I'm, you know what I'm saying, I'm a little, I'm a, you know what I'm saying, I'm a little smart. I'm a little educated. The second sentence, too. What's that? And supported black organizations and formations who were engaged in liberation work. So is he not engaged in liberation work? So no, I'm saying I don't know. That's, I feel like that's what Sav is saying. I feel like that's the that's the point that Sav is bringing up that the that there are black folk, there are already black organizations who exist in this black political organization form. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know, and I think there should be if there is if there is already an existing black party. They should be joining the new black party. I feel like there should be, if they exist, we don't know them. There are black political homes, black collectors in pursuits of developing a party already. Why can't there be more than one party if there is one already? We talked about this. There can be several parties, but I feel like, I feel like there needs to be a black majority party. Before, like, before, before we can, I feel like it needs to be one cell that represents a collective thought on black political power. That organization may exist right now, uh, but I feel like uh, in order for, Sam says there has to be one. And I said that the other day, that there has to be one, but I don't know. I don't know. That's the problem. If I don't know. And Dr. Carr didn't tell me. Meanwhile, I didn't watch his in car with class, uh, in class with Carr that he does on uh, the Karen Hunter show. So I'm definitely going to find out more information. Um, but I don't know. That's why I've been saying. I feel like for the last 12 years of my political ideology, I've been saying there needs to be a unified black political party. I've been saying that for 12 years. Now, I knew there was a new Black Panther Party, but I felt like that was more black radicalism than it was black 
black nationalism, black nationalism or even black uh, practical political power. I knew those things existed. I know we exist in the Green Party. I know we have some independent stems. But like now is, now is not the time to look at somebody who's going to garner the attentions of millions, nigga, who has literally sold billions, billions of peoples and influenced the, a whole generation's culture and how they speak and how they talk and what they dance to, how they live this life says he wants to do something from the academic from an academic representative we could shut up and shut up and, and rap come on dog why not give me the link of the the, 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 the list of the list of links give me the resources I agree uh man he in the first half of his Saying there needs to be a black political party, the first thing he said is, I'm endorsing Joe Biden. I'm endorsing Joe Biden for, 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 for president. We need to start talking about that shit now. It needs to be apparent to the Democratic Party right now that we are going to vote you in, but let you know independent power is on the horizon, my nigga. What? Yes, we playing ball right now. Yes, you get one last free one from the black folks. Yes. Because honestly, Joe Biden is not on the ticket. Who's on the ticket is just a regular America, a non-idiot, racist son of a bitch sitting in the White House. That's what's really on the ticket. So fuck all the bullshit. We know this. Say it again. What you say? BMO, could we not feel like we are in a state of emergency, therefore isn't an urgency for solidarity? Uh, I also think Dr. Kerr carrying the energy from Cube talking about his little plan. <laughs> Come on, why are you talking about his little plan? <laughs> why are you calling his little plan? <laughs> I really wish black celebs would stop trying to make these big moves less than a month before a particular election. Diddy's announcement could have been the day after the election. Eh, eh. Would it, uh, uh, would a Jerry Small set say in, uh, in, um, in uh, The Great Debaters? The time is always now. It's always now, now, now. You remember <laughs> when she was shaking her head? You remember? <laughs> you remember? <laughs> no, the time is always now. I got to watch The Great Debaters again. When the last time y'all watched The Great Debaters? Oh, grip. Ooh, we, ooh, man. My last thing is that we need to engage politically year-round. Lots of celebs show up for game time, but don't hold that accountability for things like local elections, which impacts us the most. Diddy could have announced this a year ago, and someone would say the timing is wrong. Wait, for what? Then we know we're then, then we we coming. They should know we're coming. Maybe, I, maybe, maybe that's just my strategy. Um, where's the black political party at the state and local level? But my issue, will he follow through? That's the thing. That's a good question, too. Now, Diddy, I tell you, that Revolt Summit, I bring it up all the time, that Revolt Summit was something spectacular. It really was. That conversation they had on, the main conversation they had on stage and then the subsidiary conversations they had leading up to that, the question and answers, like, I really feel like that is the stage, that is what the Black Political Party Caucus looks like. Um, Seth, you bring, a good, you bring a good point about state and local elections. The other day I said the other day I said that the black political party should vote by interest and not necessarily by not necessarily by location. Um, I did not consider state and local elections in that in that thought process, so I will have to factor that into my new equation. I appreciate that. 
Um, uh, will he follow through though? If Diddy continues to do things like the um, like the Revolt Summit, I think so. Um, oh. Okay. Uh, where y'all at with the Lovecraft Country, huh? Y'all finished Lovecraft Country? I'm not even going to talk about the last episode. I'm not even going to talk about the last episode. I just want to take a few minutes, a few minutes, uh, after watching the full season, all 10 episodes have come out on HBO Max. On HBO Max, I also like to say, uh, Ooh, that's a good point. Uh, stay criticizing our own into inaction. Diddy should just stay on a private island, right? That's that's crazy. That the scariest thing about black unity is actually unifying. Cause man, it must be generational trauma. The reason why we just can't get past these little stupid ass divisions that are amongst us. That's just dumb. It's dumb. I can't believe one of the most intellectual men said I said shut up and dribble. I can't believe he said that. I'm an entertainer. Right. Nigga, you got a whole show on, on, on YouTube. You an entertainer. <laughs> like this man don't know the difference between storytelling doesn't know like the, the the parallels that run through between storytelling, education, narratives, nonfiction, fiction, all of that shit. All that shit happens through entertainment. All that shit happens through a fucking narrative. All of that shit happens through a fucking narrative. This thing is the storytelling master himself. I'm so disappointed. I'm so disappointed. But I'm scared to tell him at the same time. <laughs> I'm also very scared to tell him at the same time. Are you scared of his response? Or, like, what are you scared of? Uh, what am I afraid of from Dr. Carr? That he's just going to be smarter than me. <laughs> he's just going to smart me to death. You know what I mean? That's all. What do you say? Fuck that. True. Tell him, Bimo. Nah, tell him. No, I feel, I feel y'all. I feel y'all. I feel y'all. I'm just keeping it funky. I'm just keeping it transparent here on the show. That's my fear. That nigga gonna... That nigga gonna... I had this nigga on the show and he just gonna fucking... Dark the card. You know what I mean? Get to talking and I'm gonna be in there and be like, oh yeah, that's a, that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. But no, nah, I'm, I'm gonna get my balls. Don't worry about it. They gonna grow. They gonna drop. Anyway... Um, we were talking about Lovecraft Country. I just wanted to take a few moments to just acknowledge um, um, genius level storytelling. Genius level. Um, usually, I'll tell you this. The lady of the house already knows this. When something magnificent happens on the television screen, whether that be via the movies, via the TV shows, whatever it is, when something magnificent happens or something big, somebody displays great pieces of, uh, uh, of courage or, or wisdom or like a great plot, 
or a great twist happen, your boy will develop the wet face. I'll get some tears. Not like I'm sad, but like, wow, that's beautiful. I'm one of those meteor. I'm one of those kind of niggas. <laughs> what happened? Okay. I'm getting there, Matt. Because I said last week, I think I thought that the season finale is probably going to be the, the worst episode of, of the joint because they're going to be forced to end it in a way. Right. I'm not about to get there. I'm trying to give it his praises first. Uh, usually in a television series, I um, it's like if there are six, seven seasons in a series, maybe one or two episodes in the whole series will really take me like that. In Frasier, it was when Niles had that heart attack. Woo! Man, what a great episode of television. In Kidding, it was season one when uh, the girl with cancer broke up with Jim Carrey in the middle of his family, and his family told her to fuck off. I thought oh, that yeah. was fucking genius. Uh, and then at the season finale of season two, happened two times in the season. In Atlanta, it happened in the FUBU episode. In Snowfall, it happened in the jail episode. Like, it usually happens just once, every once in a while. Yeah, for me, like, two, three times in Lovecraft And but I was about to say, if there have been ten, there have been ten episodes of Lovecraft Country, this happened like six times. <laughs> it's happened like six times. Six times. I watch one of these recap shows on YouTube. I watch two of them. Lady of the House can attest for it. One of them is, I think, a British white dude. And the other one is just some nigga. <laughs> just some nigga E-man. And... I love watching them. I, I watch the show. I sit and think for a second, think to myself, gather my thoughts, and then I watch both. What has been so interesting is to watch this white boy break down this science fiction show like a science fiction show with race as a far background. In one of the episodes, in the recap, he said out loud, he said that he saw the Tulsa massacre in Watchmen and thought it was fictional. Didn't know it was real until they did it here again. And he had to look it up a second time. What? That's what he said. That's what he said. That's why I've been trying to get a gauge. I've been trying to get a gauge on how white folks have been learning through this show. So it's been so interesting to watch his reaction and to watch the black man's reaction, right? The black man's reaction is very much race, genre, story. The white man's reaction is very story, genre, Race, in those orders. The black, I've always said that Friday is the greatest black movie because I don't think white folks truly understand it. They can watch it and giggle, but I don't think they would ever get it, right? Unless there was a guide, kind of like a, 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 what was the little guide that you got with the books that you understand? Uh, uh, Cliff Notes. (laughs) If they they had the Cliff Notes of Friday, they really, they wouldn't understand all the nuanced black things that have happened. They wouldn't understand that uh, Smokey, Owen, Big Worm, that little bit of money in the hood is a big deal in which they're going to get shot up. They wouldn't understand that. They were like, why is there a drive-by all of a sudden? I don't understand. I saw it coming, right? Uh, in, that same, in that same vein, there are a lot of black-ass moments in Lovecraft Country in which I can just smell the incense in the black writer's room. I'm like, wow, wow. Wow, phenomenal. This needs to happen more. 
this needs to happen more. What an incredible show. Oh, oh Lord, I dropped the lighter. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so proud. Misha Green, I think that's her name. Creator and, and, and head writer of the show. Great job. Great job. Great job. Of course it's not perfect. Of course it's not perfect. See, there are some perfect, there are some perfect things. A good mother's love. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> nah, probably not. Um, um, but you know, black folks are going. Oh, here's a here's a. So I want I want to take on a couple of critiques. Uh, one of the things that I saw from the white guy was saying that uh, he felt like the episodes were very derivative of other pop culture moments and it wasn't like truly original to which I tell them suck my dick how dare you get that if we look at the history of all these original films of these heroes and they're all laced with the same looking people how dare you get to just call Monopoly on 